Hello and welcome to this uh, Wednesday webcast. It's been a long time, but here we are. It has. Wow. Well, and um, you've got three men with glasses, uh, <laughs> which I noticed. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, welcome along. Um, this has been streamed in an unusual location because um, apparently Al Coates is self-promoting again. So it's um, being live streamed from his page rather than the Adoption and Fostering podcast page because um, he mucked up his admin. Um, long story. If you listen to last week's podcast, you'll know all about it because we had an issue with Zoom because, yeah, anyway, we won't bore you with the details. But anyway, we, we have a guest, um, Al Coates, and it was Al Coates organized yes. all this. Um, I did, so, I did. Yeah, so, um, yeah, welcome, Matt, Matthew. I don't know. It says Matthew Clark on the thing, but I don't know if you prefer Matt, Matthew. Uh, anything that's not profanity is good by me. <laughs> Excellent. Good. Excellent. Um, but I'll answer to most things, but yeah. That's a good start. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So, Matt, um, I got a, I got tagged into a post about some research that was happening and um, I guess I know why I was tagged into the post and uh, I, I shared it and then I got in touch because I thought, well, that's a really interesting topic. So I'm going to sort of go straight to you. Could you introduce yourself to us, tell us who you are and then from there we'll sort of unpick what you're doing. But who are you, Matt? It's, ex sure, it's um, an existential question on a Wednesday night. Who who are you really, Matt? <laughs> um, well, um, my name is Matthew. Um, I... Uh, live in uh, West Yorkshire, and I'm a, a therapist for an adoption support agency called Chrysalis Associates. And I'm a dad mm. of two children, six, and I am currently trying to do a research project into adoptive fathers' experiences of caring for their children. And that's the reason why I'm here this evening. Um, and my attempt to get it into the Twitterverse uh, caught your attention, and I am really grateful for that. And and I don't want to uh, come and speak a bit more about what I'm doing, I guess, is the point. Excellent. So I, 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 I just to say, I love how we're still calling it a Twitterverse because I don't know what else we could call it, could we? I mean, let's be honest. I, I am over mid-30s. I don't know what the cool kids say about anything anymore. <laughs> so I'm going to go with what I know, which is massively out of date, which is what a lot of kids call me. So that's what I'm doing. Sorry, um, interrupted. No, no, that's cool. Um, so, Matt, um, I'm a bit intrigued about, um, Can before we get to the research, tell me a bit about the, how did you sort of fall into therapeutic work with, with uh, Chrysalis Associates and the work with children and adoption? How did that kind of come across your radar and, you know, why did you end up there? And then perhaps why this project? Oh, um, I've been at Chrysalis for about 12 years now um, and I have um, personal experiences of adoption um, my family um, I've adopted a brother and after my psychology degree you're kind of after you do a psychology degree you kind of hop around different jobs trying to find something and I um, by chance came across uh, a fantastic uh, psychologist called uh, Jacqueline Lynch and I kind of harassed her for a job, if I'm honest, um, and was to work with her um, at Chrysalis. And ever since then, it just really fit. And it was uh, something that really interested me. And I became very passionate about the work. Um, 
and I kind of moved from an assistant role where I was there helping the therapeutic team um, to becoming a, a psychotherapist and then doing my doctorate. Um, so that's how I ended up at Chrysalis. I think was the next question, why dads and why adoption? Yeah. Um, I guess what I noticed at Chrysalis was Adoption is hard, um, and there is it is it is not easy. And um, don't you'll often, set us off. Don't be careful. Uh, it might turn uh, into therapy. Apologies, apologies. apologies. <laughs> but I guess there's that. Lots of mums came, um, and the people that I often wanted to hear about were were dads who had this. Um, challenge of navigating um being a dad um being a husband or being a partner and um and and trying to come to therapy and that wasn't a story that you always always heard um and when i started going into my research i thought i know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna prove that adoptive parents get traumatized and can get secondary trauma from their children and when I started looking at how I was going to do this, I realized um, that was a ginormous project and could, I couldn't make that happen. And I kind of looked out at the field around what what is being said. Um, and there's a real lack of voice about dads in general, all dads. Um, and when you look at, you know, um, Selwyn's work and Beyond the Adoption Order in the 2015 study, um, she references 11 families that broke down and nine that left were dads. So it was just just really interesting around what what is the experience and what is going on. And in research, you're you're pushed to find this thin edge, this slice that hasn't been done before. Um, yeah. And often it's the children that take center stage, you know, their experiences, what have happened to them, what the outcomes, when people look at research for parenting in general mums usually go because mums might attend a, a support agency historically um so i i kind of set myself the harder task of well i'm gonna get men and men are really hard to recruit for research so i'm going to try and get six to ten of these guys and um and then i found it was quite hard actually to do that um until it got going um so and i have a habit alan scott of kind of going off on a side quest and a tangent when i talk so i'm going to stop so you can either direct me <laughs> or... oh, you've clearly People listened to some that. of the podcasts then well, yeah well i i have a little bit of a bone to pick but it's not a bone to pick because i think that um i think that i know why this is the case but why just heterosexual dads that yeah. is a Really good question, and I, I, it does not come across in the world of uh, inclusivity at all, does it, Scott? <laughs> uh, I must admit, you know, when, when I see it out there on the poster, I cringe a little bit, and then when I saw the Facebook comments, I cringed even more. Um, so, and and the experience of all dads is really important, and I would love to have every dad's experience and especially um, gay dad's experiences. The thing that I found when I looked out at the literature when, when I was doing my literature review is there are some studies on, on the experience of gay adopted men. 
Um, and that talks about, um, you know, the grief of not becoming a dad or support is aimed at heterosexual couples or the stigma that they encounter as they engage with social care or schools. And adding to that body of research would, would be a privilege. But in pursuit of this really thin edge, there's only one study that I could find that talked about heterosexual men, and that was about them becoming adoptive parents. Mm. And that doesn't really illuminate for me the experience of what it's like being adoptive dad when you're, when you're established in that role. Yeah. Um, so if anyone wants to fund my salary for the next five years, I will happily do more <laughs> research. Well, I, I found it really interesting because when I first read it, I was like, ooh, oh, yeah, I, you're right in terms of inclusivity. But however, and I will say this, um, I think that I'm, I'm only asking a question that, number one, devilment, but number two, just to kind of say that I think that um, heterosexual males, you're right, they do tend to not come forward in terms of support and stuff like that. And, I, you know, I worked for Adoption UK for five years. I did the, you know, all the kind of support um, groups and stuff like that. And there's always very few male parents who came um, as in heterosexual male parents. So I kind of get it. I, I do kind of get it. And, you know, I, I, yeah, like I say, it was just, it was really pure devilment to ask the question, but at least you've explained yourself now. So, you know, the, the, the bitches might back off a little bit and leave you alone. I don't know. That was an awkward <laughs> few minutes on the podcast, wasn't it? Was getting very hot don't in you, your Don't office. you minimize the LGBTQI experience, Al Courts. Thank you very much. No, I'm not, but I think it's a legitimate... If I think about the... Okay, so if I put my head on and I think about who's in the adoption sphere as adoptive parents, yeah. who's speaking, there's an, there's an awful lot of gay men. Absolutely. There's not, but there's an awful lot of, like, mums. Yeah. Uh, but there's, there's, there's me. Absolutely. Yeah. Is there, maybe can think of one or two others in terms of heterosexual men. That's because the other ones have got real jobs. <laughs> and lives, yeah. <laughs> uh, fair point, fair point. Oh, dear, I'm, I'm being a bit catty tonight. I don't know what's come over me. Excuse me. Well, and I guess the thing, I mean, um, the, the study got shared by Al and it got, it got shared on X, I guess it is now, rather than Twitter, uh, last week. And... Um, <laughs> They're going back to an earlier joke, and um, I went. I went from struggling to get men to participate to getting uh, twenty-two in a week. Um, and I think the thing that's been really touching for me is I've had dads email me saying my child is too young to take part, but I'd really like to tell my story, or mm. my child is too old, but I. But how can I help? Or how yeah. can I add to this? Um, and, and I've responded to every single one because it's felt really important. Um, and, and some dads have replied saying, our journey's been so unique or um, I really want to take part, but I'm really scared that someone might identify me. Yeah. And for me, you know, for my study to get um, over 2,000 views and a whole bunch of men contact me, that says there's a story to tell here and, and guys want to tell it um, mm. and recognise that maybe it hasn't had the spotlight on it as much before. So so I'm really hopeful, to be honest, and I'm, I'm really thankful um, that it kind of got some traction this last week. That's cool. Um, one of the things I've been pondering in between now and then and uh, is that oftentimes, and Scott and I have done events together, and oftentimes it's predominantly women, that's probably, and pro, I, th I have a feeling that our lead, our listenership is predominantly women. I'm not, I don't want to, you know, 
No, well, maybe well, it's I, not, I, it's I, not women 50, who 50. engage with us. Yeah, I'm, 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 we don't know. That's the thing. That's we true. don't know, we... do we? We only know who engages with us. We don't know who listens. Al's frozen, so that's great on this. I thought you were back and stormy stare at you for a second. Yeah. There, Scott. No, he has no, frozen. Cle clearly, his um, his whole family are using the internet. Once he lives down the end of a dark track, so um, sometimes his internet just goes gone, and in a minute he'll leave the room and he'll tell, he'll shout at them all and say, "Can you all come off the internet so I can do this webcast?" Um. Anyway, um, so so just while he's <laughs> while he's sorting himself out there, so um, the the kind of research that you're doing, what is, I mean, what is, I, I know the premise around it, obviously, because it's about, oh, 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 and Matthew Clark is the host now. Uh, I, I do not want that responsibility. Let's I don't even, I don't even know if we're live actually, but anyway, oh, I said well, recording stopped. Let me just check the old face, but this is great thing to happen on a, on a live tough, isn't it? yeah it's brilliant honestly i love it when this sort of things happens oh yeah we're still live it's just that oh, i was not okay. with us, so there right. you go <laughs> i don't mind my language <laughs> yeah um so the 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 research doing. sorry i'll find my um stroke in a minute because obviously uh that's kind of flicked me off a little bit um what is the kind of Ultimate, ultimate aim of the the research in terms of you know some of the questions you're asking and stuff like that um i guess i guess ultimately i want i want to offer a voice and a and a, a light to something that hasn't had it previously um and my, my goals are around understanding the experience of dance what it's like for them how they experience the relationship with their child and their partner and to kind of get an image holistically, uh, mm. as it were um and to get that out there i, I think as, as a therapist i'd find that really helpful to know what it's like for dance um and i know my colleagues would um obviously there's a, a grandiose part of me that would like this to be really important research that, that is picked up by adoption agencies or, or policy as it were but I think um, the starting point is going to be collecting those stories and putting them out there. Um, and uh, if I if I'm honoured enough to be invited back to share those results, that would be amazing. Um, always, yeah, always. And I mean, like we just said there, it's fair to say that we very rarely hear from the kind of adoptive dad. <laughs> oh my god. That's some wallpaper that you've got there, Al. <laughs> I confess this is the wallpaper of a twelve year old girl. <laughs> I'm, I'm in my daughter's bedroom. Is that that does that justify look I've got a Hufflepuff or a Ravenclaw? Yeah we can't see what that is, but anyway, yeah. I apologize my internet went dicky David so I've I've run upstairs. That's all right. No worries. Keep okay going. we kept going. We kept we I I, I kept a the, the home fires burning on your on your own Facebook page, obviously. Um, I took over for like about two minutes or something. I don't know. Um, You're a freaking if only, star. If only I had the password, I would create havoc with the world. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, so so just going back to what we were saying, um, the um, I, I I think speaking to you and, and read and seeing, you know, the kind of research you're doing. Sorry. Oh. Keep going. Yeah, it's fine. Recording will have stopped as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. Who knows what will have happened? Um, 
Matt's thinking, whatever have I joined tonight? Honestly, I'm trying I to know. get or a serious piece of research and yeah. trying to get it listened to by da 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 da. And these I'm a professional. Feel... Yeah. I'm a professional. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, where was I going with that? I don't know. Al, take over. It will come back to me. This is the, the issue of having the brain injury. I forget. But the question I was going to ask is the one of the things I often find is that um, uh, when I was saying that Scott and I did, we do support groups or we do support events or events where we talk about children's behavior in terms of adoptive the the audience is adoptive parents and it's predominantly women and um, one of the things i've really observed is the amount of times that afterwards then i've got two or three women at least who want to talk to me about their husbands yeah um and do you think there's anything did you think there's is an issue that we're not providing support in a way that men want or need or can access or feel they can access yeah it's a i think that's a really good question and i think but it also intersects i think with how we define men and masculinity um oh. and, and i know it's maybe it's a bit big to go there i can kind of see you wincing a little bit but this idea that you know um am i allowed to talk about what's going on for me and is it okay to go to a support group or um, you know, my my first revision of my criteria was that men had to experience parenting harder than they thought it was going to be. And I had a lot of backlash from my supervisors around, um, are you questioning someone's masculinity there by saying they, they can't cope? So there's all these questions around um, barriers of making it okay um, for, for men to come and talk about their experiences. And I guess, you know, is that about a historical image of... And dad's the breadwinner and needs to support the family. Um, and I would hope that generating a conversation about this would mean that maybe men feel more able to come to art groups and, and talk about what their experience is at home. Because the dads that I encounter um, through my work are incredibly reflective um, and are passionate about being there for their children. Um, yeah. But that's changed, you know. In the last couple of decades, that's not what dads did, I guess. Um, well, that's true, isn't it? Because a, tr- a traditional dad, and when I say traditional, I'm talking pre, maybe the 90s mm. or mid 80s, shall we say. They'd have been the, the breadwinner. They'd have been the one that went out to work. Um, maybe mum would have had a part-time job after she's had children. And I, I guess I'm thinking of my experience and my friend's experiences, like, you know, around where I live, that would that would have been their kind of experience. So I guess that dads weren't really actively involved, or maybe they were involved, but they're just not with the nurturing aspect of it. And I think that has, mm. that has changed quite a lot. It has. And I, and I guess from my own experience, you know, um, I go to the school gates and there's not tons of dads. Um, yeah. and I'm at the school gates. All the mums talk to each other and, <laughs> and, they're very, and they're very lovely and they're very nice, but the conversations don't quite gel the same yeah. as, I, as I observe it with the mums. Mm-hmm. So I think there is something different about how men interact with each other and I think there's something different about how mums engage with each other and and I I work in a, a therapeutic team and there's three men and about 25 people in the company so it, yeah it's a small percentage yeah and, and that's only going to change by people having this conversation about mm. um 
how, how amazing it can be, how hard it can be, sharing that similar experience. And, um, and I, I hope that improves. I do. Yeah. And um, I, I think Scott probably knows, but I was asked to um, facilitate a support group just for men. It sounds like a bad... Isn't that, just, isn't, that, isn't that for grey beards and hair and stuff just for men well it's for a group of men it's not in the UK but it's for um, it's, it's all a bit odd how I got involved some of those things that happens and you don't know how that ended up um, so it's a, it's a peer support group for men um, who are adoptive parents and it, I'm, I find it um, really interesting on a kind of an academic level as a dad on a dad level it's great you know we talk about Dads, well, I'm going to say dad stuff because that sounds really stereotypical. We talk Axis, about screwdrivers, things. hammers, you know, the whole yeah, thing. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we, you know, we compare the, you know, the latest GTO engine or whatever, um, and all the stereo. We, we don't at all. Um, but they're met, you know, they they guys. Um, but they're some of the stuff that it takes a bit of time for us to get going when we start talking. But actually, when you start to scratch me the service, there's, there's an awful lot of men who. Are experiencing um, uh, real challenges at home and feel quite vulnerable, but are not entirely sure what to do with that. Uh, and often find, and I think some of the stuff you were talking about, Matt, about the um, those gender roles or stereotypes, what how they're meant to be, it's a place where they don't have to be that, and worried about really quite interesting stuff. It's fascinating. You'd love it. <laughs> Sneak Matt in and through the back door one day. Yeah, yeah, we we'll get you along. Actually, I might. Yeah, might I'd love. I'd love to know that. Sounds that sounds fascinating. And I guess one of the things that I, when I became a dad, I, I found is um, it's quite isolating to be honest. Um, there's um, you 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 kind of encounter other adults via who your children socialise with, um, and not necessarily people that you might have similar interests to. Um, and there are a different variety of dads, you know, there are the football dads and there are um, other versions of dads. And I am not a football dad. So I, I, I find it, finding my niche is a bit harder, I guess, for me. Um, but um, finding sameness and similarity, I think, um, is really important to your mental health, but also looking at other templates of how do I do this um, as a dad. Um, so no, so I think that's a fab, that sounds like a fab group, Al. it does. Yeah. We're thinking about actually, um, I think off the back of it, we might do, be doing some research on that. Not me, clearly, because I'm a bumbling halfwit. Um, but some some bright sparks are going to do some. Um, like talk about actually what why men are joining and what they're getting from it, which I think would be interesting and what it benefits from. So, are you? What would you love to be? You know, research has always got this idea. You know, that there's an end product, isn't there? Um. And are you working towards a PhD? Is that your inspiration? So you could be Dr. Matt. Yes, there is a selfish gain here. And that Excellent. is um, trying to become Dr. Matt. Uh, <coughs> I'm currently psychotherapist Matt. And the idea is to be uh, counseling psychologist Matt. Um, but I guess the thing that's been lovely this this last week has been because it's just been me and my little my little study for the last couple of years and through covid trying to get this off the ground and get it started and um to see it get shared around and these dads contact me last this last week it's been lovely to feel connected to something bigger than me if i'm honest um yeah so the idea to get 
a story together and put that out there would be amazing. And yes, the doctor bit would be a lovely bit on the side, but um, but this story is the thing that I'd, I'd find really passionate about, I guess, to go and ask and chat with these dads and kind of go from there. Um, so, but yeah, I can't. I don't. No, and that's fine. And I don't think I think that's totally legitimate. There's the worst things to do your doctor on. Um, I have a question from um, one of our listeners, readers, watchers. Um, uh, it's an, a Claire Nugent Ages. Um, Hi, Matthew. I'm an adoption researcher too. It's so great that you're looking at the paternal voice. The, the quality of our listeners is just grinding, yeah. isn't it? Um, a much underexplored area. Can I ask what methodology you're using? Oh, we've slipped in a sort of surreal researcher webinars go for it yes uh well i think it was was it claire said her name was yeah um, uh, i've had a couple of researchers reach out to me that want to meet and we're doing a little uh networking group so maybe she could join that on the side um but i am doing reflective thematic analysis so the idea is that i get themes um from the people that i talk to and the kind of themes that are said and for that i need a group of dads that are all quite similar um, which is why I've identified the age range of six to 11, which is why I've identified um, straight dads that we've talked about. Um, and there's a particular reason why I've picked that age group, um, but it was to kind of keep it cohesive. Um, but yes, thematic analysis is is the plan. Uh, Can I just ask you, yes. you just, yeah, okay. Um, I just have a question <laughs> on that. So you've set an age range, but that's not the age range of the dad. So have you found that there's a... a a differing age range in, oh. the, in the dads. Oh, um, well, what I am... Or have you not got that far yet? I've not got that far. That's a good question. Okay. Not got that far yet. However, I can always come back and talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. Because um, yeah. I'm just thinking about the, the variation in, you know, mm. children who are placed for adoption. It, it can vary, but it all cannot, the parents' age can vary. And, you know, I've sat in, well, Al and I both sat in adoption panels and, you could have a 25, 26 year old couple, and then you can have like a 47 year old couple, you know. Easily, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that'll be interesting to find out, actually. So. Ah. Ooh. Yeah. And because I think as well, that is something that I raise often when I'm talking about when I'm doing support groups or talking about challenging behavior is that actually the age of the parents. Sometimes, you know, if, you, if you're my age, Gen Z, Gen X, sorry, not Gen Z, Gen X. I'm so not Gen Z. You're a boomer. Come on. I am not a boomer. <laughs> I am so not a boomer. Um, <laughs> you're pre-war. Um, not, what is really interesting is that, that people in my generation were brought up really differently. And actually, that exacerbates some of the challenges that we face trying to navigate. You know, I, I suppose I am an older parent. I'm 52. I've got a 12-year-old. Um so I'm an older parent. That's the reality. Am I still hip and down with the kids and up to speed with the latest parenting shenanigans? I don't know. Hey, Claire says she would like to, she would love to join your research group. See, not only have we got high quality, I tell listeners, you. We're we've also got world. Link connected listeners. Yeah. What What would you hope to achieve with your research then, Matt? Um, I'd like to get it done for a start, to be honest. Um, <laughs> um, but, aim for but, the stars, Matt. Aim for the but, stars. 
My, my, my partner, I think, is, is itching for this thing to be done and be finishing it together. Um, and <laughs> I think, I think you probably just started. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and I'd love to kind of, you know, go and talk about it. I'd love to go to a conference, um, spot agencies, kind of share that story, come back here. Um, Scott kind of asked this question a little bit while you were uh, off, off, off. Incognito. Uh, mm-hmm. Incognito. <laughs> Sorry. And while part of me, you know, would has this a really grandiose dream that it would impact policy and change, I think the first step really is about getting it out there and getting the conversation started, because that's what changes um, perceptions and feelings and people coming forward. So, so yeah, I think doing this, doing these stories justice and and doing it well is, is my goal. And I think with any research. Um, the kind of the target audience of the research in terms of people who are going to engage with you they're the people that might actually pick up on the results of that research and then that might instigate some change in terms of how they interact as adoptive dads should we say yeah. um, I mean if if that was to happen that would be a winner right? Completely completely yeah. um, and, and you see I think I'm seeing that in part in the work that I do around dads frequently come to therapy nowadays when maybe they didn't 10 years ago. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, if, if if we get more dads coming to the support groups that you're running um, and they're not the minority anymore, um, then that would be a huge win because then those, those <coughs> families are better supported, um, they're, they're, they're scaffolded, and actually that, that's going to give positive outcomes for everybody. So, so yeah, if we can work towards that, I think that'd be fantastic. Uh, whether we're Gen Z or Gen X, you know, or boomers, like or, boomers. or pre-war, like Scott. <laughs> um, do you know what, Matt? We talked beforehand before you came on, and we sort of flippantly said, um, "Oh, if you get it to twenty minutes, that'd be cracking." Um, but you've made the cut, Matt. You've made the cut. You've got. We've gone to thirty minutes. That's right. Yeah. I'll disappear for five of them. That's all. <laughs> Honestly, it was chaos here. I've been running around like a madman trying to find Wi-Fi. Didn't I say? Didn't I say he's screaming at the whole house? Whole house. Get off your phones! Yeah. There's no one in. They've all gone out. Oh really? Oh my on. god, that's even worse. Maybe the neighbours. Um, are the chickens? Are the chickens using Wi-Fi again? Well, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Something like that. Matt, it's been absolutely wonderful. And I think that, um, I guess it's slightly disappointing in that we can't sort of point people towards your research because you've got yeah. all the people you need. So that's, that's a little frustrating. I think um, that was the initial been... plan to have you on, was to be able to... Yeah. <laughs> it, it was. Um, Al lured me here with, come and talk, and I could maybe get you participants. And at 6 a.m. in the morning, I was like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Um, and... And unfortunately, from there, I got most of the people. And if people do still reach out, then I will respond and kind of keep a backup list. But I, it's looking like I've got everybody I need. Um, so it's just been lovely to come and talk about it, to be honest. Um, it has been a, an indulgence. Excellent. I mean, you could accidentally set up a dad support network, couldn't you? That what you, you literally, that's what might accidentally happen. So, yeah, get in touch with Matt. Uh, and wives just send your husband to you because that's what wives do as well isn't it that's a terrible cliche of wives well considering when you posted it you uh, there was loads of females that tagged their husbands as if to say oh you you need to do this 
<laughs> but I, I have books that say that's how you get men. That men are um, volunteered. They're recruited. They're, they're kind of pushed into it. They're not, they don't volunteer for it. So no, that, I, I hoped that would happen, to be honest. Yeah. And I, th I, I mean, I, obviously, I'm not a heterosexual male, but I think that some of that is maybe to do with the fact that they don't feel like they have a have a voice sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know? No, I, Al, you're different because you're in touch with your whatever side it is you're in touch with. I don't know. But <laughs> I, I, do, I do sometimes think, and I, 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 you know, within the adoption community, you know, I've been, been around since 2007 with it and met loads of wonderful people like parents, you know, male, female, you know, all that sort of stuff. But I do find sometimes that the the kind of dads tend to think that they don't have the um, the right to kind of stick their opinions in and stick their, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's, I, I'm just thinking of a, a couple that I knew many moons ago, ago and, you know, they had two children placed with them and the, the placement disrupted. Um, and I always remember thinking that I'd never heard anything from him never it was always from her and mm -hmm. you know i just think that it's really important because you know it's i i guess it's the same in a in a i was going to use the word normal in normal world where <coughs> maybe a male and female are pregnant and then miscarries and it's you know i'm not saying that anybody is worse off than you know male or female what i'm saying is that sometimes the male tends to not be able to say this is how he's feeling because the focus tends to be on the female but i guess no, i guess it's very similar in adoption no i, I would agree with that mm -hmm. sorry wasn't a question to me um <laughs> but um you're not a guest anyway, get off anyways, yeah sorry <laughs> Down the but I, I was thinking about my own experience in that in attending therapy you know lots of therapy sessions over the years and i do sort of feel like a uh, slightly like a third wheel in the in whole experience that it, I kind of I defer to Paula and I defer to her sort of that she is the she's the captain of our emotional ship mm. <laughs> and, and that's and I kind of like I'm led by her I, I do have strong feelings but I'm I kind of I will defer to her views and I wonder whether that's maybe not that unusual I don't know yeah. hmm? and I guess that would be the really interesting thing that that I find around you know how how our dad's experiencing um their their parenting role and what does that look like and is there something there around dads being about the one that scaffolds the family you know and and uh, if you look to i don't know if you're a biological family a dad's role is to kind of protect the baby and the mum together mm. and look after the environment and mm. some of the dads that i work with that's definitely their their role they're there to support and bolster and um, be a really grounded presence um but i've also been with dads who have been through the mill with it and it's been hard um so it's it's, it's good to give um yeah. space for that, for that experience but, um, yeah. but yeah there's so much research we could do in so many different ways oh. um, well, at least you know what your next you know at least you know you're going to continue mm -hmm. on research your next and, decade and, uh, yeah uh, yeah I, think I might get divorced if that happens um, <laughs> Um, but, but potentially, maybe, maybe. No, oh, it's fascinating. I even that is making me think about some of the conversations I've had in, in support group I've had where men sort of talking about my instinct is to step in when behaviour becomes complicated, but my my wife is saying step out mm -hmm. and just 
because often that just exacerbated sorry and then men going and i'm just left with this feeling that i everything in me wants to step in and go don't you talk to my wife like that don't you lay your hands on my wife yeah. and then just sort of feeling impotent in that oh awful place for them to be in mm. Oof. Oof. Yeah. so but matt you will come back once you've completed all your yeah. research and written up your findings if that's a thing is, is that how you yeah yeah no that's, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. the thing that's the thing yeah no it would be yeah. it would be an honor i, I would yeah, love okay. that Definitely. And if you can do a scratch and sniff version for me, so I know, so I can just smell it and then I know results or a pop up. That's 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 flip book. And when are you due to? When are you due to share your findings? Are you years off? Um, no, uh, I have to do it by uh, by December. Otherwise, I get kicked off the course. So okay. <laughs> there, there is a deadline day, uh, and everyone in my household is rallying towards that deadline day. Um, so, daddy back. obviously i want to do it much much um before of course. Time, but no uh christmas this year <laughs> it will be done or i will be in the ground i think so it will it will happen but there we go excellent well matt good it's luck. been an absolute pleasure yeah, yeah good good luck and more power to your elbow and um, it's mm. been wonderful to speak to us thank you so much in bearing with uh, my sort of technological uh challenges really appreciate that um uh, and so anybody anybody who's watching on our court's adoption fostering social work page come over to the ANF podcast page because it's so much more better it's so much better honestly better quality of, yeah of, better quality of, of everything of, of really. content everything mm -hmm. uh, so thank you so much Matt and we shall speak to you in the future for sure we will a pleasure thank, thank you, you. Thank you.